We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, Packer fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks for being here today. Today is part two of our 91 Packer breakdown, ranking them from number 91 to number one. Yesterday, we did numbers 91 through 61. Today, we are going to be going from 60 to 31. If you missed yesterday, let me run through the rankings really quick for you. 91 to 81 was Kenneth Odomegwu, Jadakis Bonds, Chuck Falagia, Antonio Moultrie, Jimmy Phillips, Jason Luan, Keyshawn Banks, DJ Scaife, uh, Tyrell Ford, William Hooper, and Henry Pearson. 80 to 71 was Benny Sapp, Emmanuel Wilson, Broughton Hatcher, Deuce Watts, Kadeem Telfort, Jeff Cotton, Austin Allen, Cameron McDonald, Gene DeLance, and Chris Slayton. And then 70 through 61 was Daniel Whelan, Matt Orzik, Sean Ryan, Shamar John Charles, Keandre Thomas, Ladarius Hamilton, Jake Hansen, Lou Nichols, Bo Melton, and we routed things out yesterday with Danny Etling. So today, Number 60 through number 31. Let's go right away. Rapid fire. Number 60 is Dallin Levitt. And interestingly enough, of the four safeties that they brought back or brought in on one-year deals, so Rudy Ford and then uh, Dallin Levitt, Jonathan Owens, and uh, Tavarius Moore, right? So those are the four, Levitt, Moore, Owens, and Ford. 
Guess who had the most guaranteed money of any of the four? It was actually Dallin Levitt. Here's the thing, and I've talked about this, I don't know, a thousand times now. Take the S next to Dallin Levitt's name and basically put a T next to it because he's not really a safety, he's a special teams player. But the other thing here too is I was not super impressed for this special teams ace and Rich Basashia's guy and the guy that basically was granted a roster spot just based on his special teams prowess. I wasn't super impressed, at least as a like punt protector. I thought one of the block punts, it didn't look like he kind of held up at the point of attack. Like I just kind of wanted to see a little bit more from this guy who was supposed to be like the special teams guy on this team. So he did get the most guaranteed money. I do think there's a strong chance that he gets a roster spot on the 53 because of his special teams prowess, but I just want to see a little bit more out of that in 2023. All right, next on my list is Patrick Taylor. And I really like Patrick Taylor. He's kind of a, you know, jack of all trades, but master of none. He can pass protect pretty well. He can catch the ball pretty well. He can run the ball pretty well. He can play special teams pretty well, but there's nothing that he does great. And that's the only thing that's really holding him back right now is you got to have something. And I've talked about this as well on numerous occasions of your playmaker positions need to have a few more playmakers. And I think that's where Green Bay has run into trouble in the past where like we all love Mercedes Lewis and we love AJ Dillon and we love Alan Lazard and we love like a lot of these guys, but at some point you got to get guys that can get the ball in their hands and just make special things happen. And those guys have not been that. And Alan Lazard is gone. Mercedes Lewis is gone. Dillon is still here. And I know he's adamantly working on that playmaking potential, but right now they need some more, you know, more of those playmakers, especially with a first time starting quarterback who you would ideally like to see him get the ball out of his hands and just make some play and have the, the playmakers make those plays, right? So I really like Patrick Taylor. He's going to be in the conversation for that number three running back spot, you know, competing with Lou Nichols and and, and, um, Tyler Goodson, et cetera. But he's going to have to show a little bit more something, I think, if he wants to earn that job. Number 58 on the list is Luke Tenuta. And I think people don't really, or maybe forget or didn't, you know, pay close enough attention to realize that Luke Tenuta at the end of last season was actually ahead of Rashid Walker and ahead of Caleb Jones on the depth chart. When they brought players into the game and were activating players on game day, they went with Tenuta ahead of Jones and ahead of Rashid Walker, uh, ahead of Sean Ryan and not the same position, but like he was the guy that was getting activated. So that's really interesting. Remember, he was a sixth round draft pick, if memory serves. Uh, I believe it was the Indianapolis Colts, um, or maybe it had been another team the Colts claim him and then Green Bay gets him. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, he ends up getting claimed by Green Bay, put on the 53-man roster. Like I said, it seemed like the by the end of last year, he had actually jumped Rasheed Walker and Caleb Jones. Now, you may have noticed I have not put Caleb Jones or Rasheed Walker on this list yet. Spoiler alert, they're coming up soon. But I think all three of those are going to be competing for probably that you know, what number four tackle spot, right? Bakhtiari is your one. And then you have Zach Tom and Yash Nyman fighting for the two and whoever doesn't get it will be the three. You could all, you know, ultimately move Elton Jenkins outside if you needed to or wanted to. I don't think they're going to do that. So then it becomes, who's your next guy up after that? Is it Tenuta? Is it Rashid Walker? Is it Caleb Jones? I'm not sure Tenuta has the most upside of those three players. But like I said, interestingly enough, he was actually drafted ahead of Rashid Walker and Caleb Jones a season ago. Green Bay claims him. And then by the end of the season, he was ahead of those two players on the depth chart. So an interesting player to keep your eye on. Number 57 is Jonathan Ford, a player who I think looks in much better shape in OTAs and minicamps so far. He is trying to work out some sort of role on this defensive line that he can have something that he can grasp onto and find some playing time and hopefully for him, a 53-man roster spot. 
He's probably number six on the depth chart right now. You've got Clark, you've got Colby Wooden, you've got Carl Brooks, you've got uh, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, and then, not in order, obviously, and then after that, it probably is Jonathan Ford as number six. And I think he has a legitimate possibility to at least be in the conversation with maybe a Carl Brooks for number five and trying to earn that spot. It's not like you know they were drafted in all that different of rounds, right? Carl Brooks, a sixth rounder, Jonathan Ford, a seventh rounder, but I would give a heavy nod to Carl Brooks at this point. And he's going to probably have to prove that, hey, like I'm worth keeping as a number six defensive lineman or need maybe some injury to bump up the, the depth chart a little bit. Because I would guess that they, you know, with uh, Lucas Van Ness potentially kicking in a little bit, I would guess they only keep five. But if Jonathan Ford shows that he is worth keeping, they could very much keep six as well. All right, next on my list is Jonathan Garvin. And I've talked a lot about Jonathan Garvin and not totally understanding why he is still on this 53-man roster through the past couple seasons. Actually, when he was drafted in that seventh round, I loved that pick as a seventh round pick because he was super young and there was some real legitimate upside there. He just hasn't shown enough of that. And it's just kind of been kind of a, a middling player through the last couple seasons. That being said, this league is desperate for pass rushers. And Jonathan Garvin is probably good enough to be a number five edge rusher on most teams. Now, some teams don't keep five, but most do. And he's good enough to me and young enough and still has a little bit of that upside left there that he's probably worth being on somebody's 53 as a number five edge rusher. The issue in Green Bay is that the numbers game could easily start to catch up. If Rashawn Gary is healthy, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, JJ and Igbare, those four are locks. So then if you're only keeping five, you've got a Brenton Cox who could potentially make the team. You've got a Ladarius Hamilton. You've got Justin Hollins. And now if you haven't shown enough at this point, if you're Jonathan Garvin, it's really difficult to prove your you know point and make in you know try to emphasize that you're the one that should be kept as the fifth edge rusher. And I don't think he's going to be this year, although I have written him off on a couple different occasions and Jonathan Garvin just keeps coming back. So I do think he's better than maybe even myself and others have given him credit for, but more of that like number five edge rusher. And I think he does find a way on a roster somewhere, just may not ultimately be in Green Bay this year. All right, number 55 is Royce Newman. And this is a player who has had opportunities to start at tackle, start at guard. He played over a thousand snaps in his rookie season. He looked like he was going to be somebody that maybe could take a jump in year two and be a legitimate starting guard for this team. And that just never came to fruition. He struggled at tackle in year two. He struggled at guard in year two. And right now, he's going to have to fight for his spot on this roster. And I do think his experience and I do think like his overall ability to play a couple different positions is going to serve him very well. And I expect him to make the 53, but he's going to have to fight and claw for it. And it is not a given at this point based on his play when he has gotten on the field and actually been given opportunities to start. Number 54 is based off of potential in college tape alone because I did not get to see him at all in rookie minicamps, OTAs, etc. because he was hurt. And that is Grant DuBose. Grant DuBose is a very fun player. I thought he was a steal at that point in the draft. I thought he should have been drafted around, if not two earlier than what he was. In fact, one of my biggest issues with Green Bay's draft is that they drafted multiple guys in the seventh round and just let Grant DuBose hang around and then finally took him at the end. But very, very fun player, liked his tape a lot, but injuries can set back rookies very much so. And he needs to come out hopefully at the beginning of training camp and make up for lost time. I'm really, really hopeful that he's going to be able to go by then. I have no idea what the injury is. I don't think it's been reported by anyone, uh, but he needs to get out on the field sooner rather than later. 
Number 53 is Jonathan Owens. This is a player who has special teams experience, who has starting NFL safety experience in this league. And as we know, safety is completely up for grabs. So Jonathan Owens has every right to be a starting safety next to maybe Darnell Savage or whoever else is a starter. And there's a real legitimate possibility that he could also be cut and not on this roster at all. So the world is his oyster. He could go out and have a phenomenal season as a starter and get a huge payday next year in the offseason, or he could just end up not on the Packers at all. So a huge wide range of events here for Jonathan Owens. I, I like him. I think he's going to be a potential depth piece for Green Bay, but he is going to have to show out in training camp and uh, in preseason if he wants to show not only is he maybe capable of being that second, you know, the starter next to probably Darnell Savage, but even if he wants a spot on this roster. Number 52 is Tyler Goodson. Here's the thing about Tyler Goodson. He's probably the third best runner on this roster. You've got Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Tyler Goodson. To me, he's the third best runner of the running backs on this roster. All right. But here's the thing. They don't need a runner. Jones is the runner. Dillon's the runner. They don't need a third runner. He's the third. The third running back is not going to get running back snaps to get you know to you know to take handoffs. That's not what they're going to be there for. So it has to be special teams. And if you do get on the field, it's probably more in like a third down role, which means you also have to pass protect. And right now, Tyler Goodson has not shown a propensity to be a special teamer. He does have some kick return ability. Guess what? That spot's taken. So he's not going to get on the field as a kick returner either. And he hasn't shown a propensity for any other special teams spots. Not a gunner on the outside. He's not really big enough for that. Not any of the field goal blocking, like any of that. So that's a problem. And he's not the best at pass protection either. He's also probably the second best pass catcher of all the running backs after Aaron Jones. So he is a really good runner, a really nice pass catcher. He's got great speed. It's just that Green Bay doesn't need those, and maybe even some kick return ability. Green Bay doesn't need any of those things for their, their number three running back. So that's going to be one that's very interesting. I'm super high on Tyler Goodson, as you guys all know. I want to see him make the roster. I think that this is a player that you can find a way to help you know, have him help you in some way, but you're going to have to be creative. And it just means that everyone else on the roster is going to have to be really, you know, sort of make up for the fact that Goodson's not playing on special teams. He's probably not playing his running back. He's probably not playing his other things. So like, it's just tough to justify a 53 man roster spot when it gets to that. All right. Number 51 is Brenton Cox. And maybe this is aggressive. Maybe this is too high. And maybe he ends up just not even making the practice squad or anything for Green Bay, but there was enough there. Matt LaFleur already shouted him out. I think he's probably a fifth round pick, maybe fourth, maybe sixth, if he has no off-field issues, if he doesn't get kicked out of two programs. This is all up to Brenton Cox, right? If he shows that he is completely not a hassle, not a handful, not a locker room issue, not a problem off the field, any of that, Green Bay is going to see like, oh, we got a free fourth round pick maybe, and we're going to keep this guy around. If he has any inkling of any issue at all, he just doesn't make the team at all. He doesn't make the practice squad. He doesn't make the roster. So this is really up to Brenton Cox and not only what he does on the field, but what he does off the field. But the talent is clearly there. And if he does stay, you know, it just, you know, stay on the straight and narrow, this is probably somebody who could have been a fourth round pick in this past year's draft. Number 50 is Rasheed Walker. Walker was a really interesting player last year. Remember, he was hurt almost all of camp and mini camps and OTAs and everything. And then finally, he gets back for the very last preseason game. And already everyone had kind of like sort of, sort of written him off. And the, the, even before that, everyone was expecting him to go way higher in the draft. And then he goes in the seventh round and everyone's shocked. Everyone's like, oh, Green Bay got a steal. Then he doesn't play at all. Finally gets in the last preseason game and was 
awesome in that preseason game. So much so that they kept him on the 53-man roster and did not subject him to waivers, which I think was really smart. But then I think he was, if he maybe he got activated for a game or two, but mostly inactive for the, you know, a huge majority of the season, if not all of it, and was not a play, basically a redshirt season for him, right? So now he's going to have to come back, prove himself all over again. But I do think there is a bit of upside there for Rashid Walker. When I watched him in that one preseason game, I saw a world where he could become a starting tackle in this league without much imagination. So really interested to see what he can do and hopefully taking a jump in year two. Similarly, number 49 is Caleb Jones. We talked about Luke Tenuta. We talked now about Rashid Walker. And now it's Caleb Jones time. And I talked about him a little bit yesterday when I talked about uh, Telford is that this is just a massive mammoth human being and just words do not do it justice. Like 6'9", 270, 280, like huge, huge dude. And just the question is, is can he hold up enough with his footwork and technique to be able to handle some of the speed guys on the outside? Do you have to be more creative? Do you have to kind of use him as a sixth offensive lineman, as a mauling run blocker? Is there something that you can figure out uh, from a way to utilize him out on the field? Because he's such a special human being. It's just like, how do you how do you take that and put it into a productive football player? So that's going to be the big question. He's going to have to show that he has improved from year one to year two. This is an undrafted player. So nothing is guaranteed if you don't show improvement, but he's got a lot of opportunity there. And I would put him right now ahead of Rashid Walker, ahead of Luke Tenuta, but those three are going to be battling it out for that number four offensive tackle spot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Number 48 is Innis Gaines, who is somebody that I have a great affinity for. I think has the ability to play a little bit in the slot, which we saw at the end of last year. I think he has the ability to play some safety, which I think he could get involved in that starting safety conversation if he has a really, really strong camp. He's a really nice special teams player. He has no guarantee to make the roster though. And we talked about all those safeties, right? He's in the same position as Jonathan Owens and Tavarius Moore and Rudy Ford and Dallin Levitt and all of these guys, Anthony Johnson Jr., they have the opportunity to start. They have the opportunity to get cut. They're going to have to figure out a way to make the most of it and try to get noticed. But this is it is probably a, a now or never too for Innis Gaines, right? 
If he doesn't show that he is ready and capable of being one of those guys, at least maybe in the starting conversation, it's probably just not going to come to fruition. And unless Rich Basashia uses one of his lifelines and says, no, you're not cutting that guy because I need him on special teams, which he would have to jump multiple other players to get to that spot. Uh, you know, he's just going to have to show up at safety or in the slot or something to show his value this year to make it onto the 53, but really, really liking his gains. Number 47 is Eric Wilson. This is another player who came in and was awesome on special teams last year. Played okay when he had a couple opportunities to go in at inside linebacker. He's a veteran. He's 28 years old. He's actually one of the oldest players on this team. So this is not a player who has a young developmental upside. He is who he is at this point. So it's just the question of, is he a good enough special teams player slash linebacker to keep around on the active roster? You may only want to keep four inside backers, which would mean you know Quay's got one, you know Devondre's got one. So now it's between Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, and Tariq Carpenter. And you know what? We're just going to go a beautiful three for one right here because I have Eric Wilson at 47, Isaiah McDuffie at 46, and Tariq Carpenter at 45. And Wilson and Carpenter are the special teams aces of the two. Carpenter was awesome on special teams too last year. I think Carpenter is a little bit more unique in that safety linebacker hybrid role. He's made it to a transition to linebacker full time, but I think he's going to be more of that coverage linebacker coming from the safety position. It'll be interesting to see how he transitions there. Isaiah McDuffie is probably the most sound linebacker right now but with limited upside. He's always going to be you know, that guy who has to make it on special teams and is just your backup linebacker. And if you need him uh, to come in in a pinch and play 20 snaps, he's going to be fine. Not great, not really good, but he's going to be fine. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to lose the game for you, but he's not going to win it either. So that's where he's at. And how those three stack up will remain to be seen in training camp. But I would put it as Wilson at 47, McDuffie at 46, and Tariq Carpenter at 45. Number 44 is Tyler Davis, a player that I am higher on than most. I know a lot of people just have a really uh, you know, sour taste in their mouth about Tyler Davis for some reason. He had opportunities last year and like in training camp and, and OTAs and minicamp, all the talk was about Tyler Davis. If you remember, like coaches were bringing him up unsolicited and it, like I think there was a lot of hope for him. And then he really struggled in preseason. He still made the 53, which I think made some people upset because he struggled so much in the preseason. Didn't do a ton during the regular season, but people forget this is the player who played the most on special teams last year. Like the number one most snaps on special teams was Tyler Davis. And there is a real possibility that he is their best blocking tight end right now. And I don't see him going anywhere. I think this is going to be a heavy tight end rotation. We're going to see a lot of Musgrave. We're going to see a lot of Kraft, but we're going to see some Tyler Davis as a blocking tight end slash just all around tight end. And we're going to see a little bit uh, of obviously Josiah DeGuara as well. But I put Tyler Davis at 44, a player, like I said, that I like a little bit more, I think, than most. 43 is Corey Ballantyne. Not too dissimilar from Eric Wilson at linebacker. Veteran, not a you know young player anymore with like a tremendous amount of upside. Is who he is at this point, but a really nice special teams player. Has some ability at outside corner. This is probably somebody that you kind of want in that Jarrett Bush sort of role. Your number six corner can play for you at, at corner in a pinch if you really need him to. You'd prefer he didn't need to. And in the meantime, he's just a really good special teams player. But he's kind of that sort of perfect number six corner. The question then is, all right, Stokes is four, Carrington Valentine is probably five. And then is Valentine, or excuse me, yeah, is Valentine good enough to be your six? Or he's going to have to battle out with Keandre Thomas, uh, Shamar John Charles, amongst others. And with Valentine being a little bit older, that's going to be something that could potentially hold him back. Number 42 is Sean Clifford. 
he's going to probably be the backup quarterback and that, you know, feel how you will about that. I was actually rather impressed with Clifford in OTAs and mini camps for how quickly he sort of got down the system and like looked like a semi-feasible backup quarterback, but we're going to learn a lot more in preseason to see if he actually has some upside here and what he can do. But I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with Clifford and I do expect him to win that backup spot. Number 41 is the kicker and that is Anders Carlson. I mean, he's going to be the kicker, so he's going to make the 53, and you have as good of an idea as I do as to how well he's going to do this year. It'll probably depend on who the long snapper and the holder are. We talked about that yesterday. Um, some of that and just the you know getting down in, in, in a rhythm will be very important for him. He's got a huge leg. The ball pops off of his foot. It sounds different, and he should be able to crush some balls through the end zone on kickoffs as well, uh, but his accuracy is what's going to be the determining factor for Anders Carlson. Number 40 is Pat O'Donnell, solid but unspectacular punter, who's a really great holder, did a nice job in the elements throughout his career. Don't underestimate the fact that kicking and punting in Chicago and Green Bay is like the worst scenario for a kicker or a punter. And overall, he's had to do that his entire career, kicking for punting for Chicago prior to coming to Green Bay. And those elements, you're going to play, you know, eight or nine games outside in Green Bay every year. You're going to play another in Chicago. So like potentially 10 of your games every year are going to be outside and in potentially not ideal condition. So that's where uh, Pat O'Donnell has to punt. And he's done mostly a good job with that specifically last year in Green Bay. He's going to have to earn his job though as well. We talked about Daniel Whelan yesterday. And if O'Donnell doesn't punt well, they're not going to be too, you know, too excited and keen on paying O'Donnell more when he's over 30 and they could go potentially in a different direction with a younger punter. Number 39 is Carl Brooks. As you know, one of my favorite players from this last year's draft class immediately went and broke down the tape with him or of him and fell in love. He is so fun. I love him as a potential stand-up outside player in basically any situation as a potential run defender on early downs, inside defender slash pass rusher slash gap penetrator on passing downs. All of this is of course, just hypothetical if he can come in and actually make a name for himself and show what he's capable of. He also got a shout out from Matt LaFleur already from what he was able to do, like carrying over from rookie mini camps to mini camps and OTAs. So I'm excited about Carl Brooks, but he has a long way to go to prove himself in this league. Same thing about number 38, Anthony Johnson Jr., seventh round pick. Really excited about him. I think that is like the popular pick to be like the maybe like camp hero and, you know, like crazy seventh round pick story this year. Everyone's hoping that that's Anthony Johnson Jr. We've talked a million times already about the opportunity at safety. There's no reason Anthony Johnson Jr. can't earn that starting job. There's no reason that he's guaranteed a roster spot either. So that's what just makes this so fun about the safety competition is it can go in a million different directions. There's a lot of talent there with Anthony Johnson. Love the fact that he's played corner in the past. think that's going to serve him well. And I think he can be an even better playmaker at safety moving forward. Number 37 is Justin Hollins. Nice outside pass rusher. I thought he did a nice job once coming to Green Bay. Green Bay rewarded him with a contract and kept him in tow for this upcoming season. And he's going to have to battle for that number five spot, assuming Rashawn Gary is uh, healthy with Brenton Cox, Ladarius Hamilton, Jonathan Garvin, etc. But I would put Justin Hollins and Brenton Cox probably as the leaders in the clubhouse for that position as of right now. 36 might seem insanely high. I just didn't know where else to slot him, if I'm being honest. And that's Malik Heath. He was awesome. He was really, really good at OTAs. He could get to training camp, put the pads on, and we just never really hear of Malik Keith ever again. And he ends up maybe as a practice squad guy and has to just go from there. But 
I also think that there's a real world where he could legitimately see snaps as a wide receiver this year, like like legitimate snaps. So this is another one where this this team is so young and inexperienced and fun and full of you know potential that there's going to be guys that come out of nowhere that you're not expecting and have a real serious role on that t- on the team. And Malik Heath can be one of those guys. And there's going to be other guys that flame out and we have expectations for and just don't work. And that could be Malik Heath too. But I really liked what I saw and I'm willing to put him this high as of right now, just based on what we saw in OTAs and minicamp so far. But he could fall back 30 spots. He could move up a handful of spots still, but I'm going to put him there as of right now. Number 35, one step ahead, is their fifth round wide receiver, and that's Dontavian Wicks. And the minimal stuff that we were able to see out of him before he had some injury issues looked really quick. He has some nice size. I liked his route running. I liked his hands. Like there's a lot to like there with Dontavian Wicks. I'm hoping he, like Grant Dubose, is 100% healthy and ready to go for the start of camp. So there's no lingering issues and he can just hopefully have a strong start and, you know, start working on that rapport with, you know, Sean Clifford, Jordan Love, etc. Uh, but he needs to get out there, but there's some real legitimate upside for Dontavian Wicks. He comes in at 35. 34 is Carrington Valentine. Maybe the rookie not named Lucas Van Ness or Luke Musgrave that I was most excited about after watching live and in person. Some real legitimate burst, great size, great height, not afraid of anything, has the swagger, has the confidence. Like he's like built to be a corner in the NFL. And I have no idea how he fell to round seven. I have no idea how other teams were stupid enough to let him get to round seven. That includes Green Bay, but I'm so happy that he did. And I'm so happy Green Bay was able to pick him up. A long way to go as well. Rookie, unknown player. And, uh, you know, what happens with pads will be a huge step for him. He could win that. If Eric Stokes isn't ready for week one, Carrington Valentine could be your number four corner week one. And if any injuries happen, like Carrington Valentine could be a starter on the outside if there if there's one other injury and Stokes isn't ready to go. Like that's where we're at. And it's just an interesting, you know, thought process to go through with who could be there. But he was a really, really fun player. Great uh pass breakup on Romeo Dobbs in the end zone on a play. He's uh he's one that I have earmarked to keep an extra eye on in training camp. Number 33 is Tavarius Moore, had some experience with San Francisco. You know, I thought, you know, they already started rotating him with Rudy Ford as a potential safety next to Darnell Savage, starting safety next to Darnell Savage. I think he's going to get his name in the conversation. He's had some interceptions, some forced fumbles in, in mini camps and OTAs, according to Matt LaFleur. So this is a player who's really in the, uh, I think, probably the the leg up with, with Rudy Ford as a potential starter across from uh, Darnell Savage. But again, with with Tavares Moore, the, the guarantees aren't there. If he has any issues or can't pick up the system or whatever the case may be, he's not guaranteed a roster spot either. And that brings us to number 32, Rudy Ford. Same exact thing. Really liked what Rudy Ford brought to the table. He's a core special teams player. He plays with his hair on fire. I thought he did a nice job at safety. He, he came in at safety, made some big plays, kind of got benched again. They got back in there and, and started to play well again. He's probably what you would ideally want is kind of like a number four safety where he's like your you know second backup and a core, core special teams guy. But if you have to play him, you're not super upset about it either because he plays with such tenacity and aggressiveness. But with the state of Green Bay safety room, he could legitimately end up being that number two safety. And that's where he's been at OTAs and minicamps switching with Tavares Moore a little bit as well. And number 31 in our final one for today is Colby Wooden. And I was really impressed with what he did. Like defensive linemen are already are always really tough because the pads aren't on. And it's not like the offensive linemen, defensive linemen are going 100% at each other. But overall, 
I thought his effort was really good. I thought he really showed what he is capable of as a potential rotational defensive lineman. And he was right up there and he was he was getting snaps with the ones with TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt. Wyatt went out for a little bit. Colby Wooden played in his stead and you didn't really miss a beat with it. So that's another one that I'm really excited to keep an eye on. This rookie class is really, really fun. I have no idea what they're going to ultimately be once those pads do come on, but it it, it, this rookie class is 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 it has me a little giddy at this point, just from where we're at right now. I mean, there's plenty of time for them all to let me down, but right now I'm I'm trying to have to you know temper expectations a bit because I liked a lot of what I saw in OTAs mini camps and rookie mini camps. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Our uh, final 30 will be coming tomorrow, number 30 through number one. Make your predictions below on who you think is going to be in the top five on the list and who should be top five in order. I'll be looking at that and uh, we'll be right back here tomorrow to break it all down. Thanks so much as always for listening. Appreciate you guys so freaking much. I'll see you tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.